0: Heavenly Father, we thank you for this man. God, I thank you for the impact he's had on my life uh, and on my wife's life. Uh, Thank you for the impact uh, he's had at Elam Crawley and the great legacy he's had there. And for here too. Um, Lord God, we're very grateful for him. And Lord God, even though uh, he's a man that probably should put up his feet and retire, we thank you that he hasn't um, and that he's come to bless us this morning. Amen. Amen. Are you able to hold that? Yeah, of course. Is that right? Are you recording, buddy? Nice one.
1: Is it going to get there? Well, there we are. I'm afraid I'm old enough to remember Kevin when he was still a bulge in his mother's tummy. And I understand that when Pete, Norcross, and Kevin were teenagers, um, there was a time when I was their Sunday school teacher. <laughs> and Pete's dad told me one day that they asked, that he asked them, at least I don't know whether it was just Pete or maybe his brother Paul, um, what's it like to be un- in Uncle Mike's Sunday school class and I'm told that they said well he doesn't allow any messing about <laughs> and if you knew the Norcross boys when they were younger
0: <laughs>
1: and, and, and even the Taylor boys come to that <laughs> and um, apparently they told Pete's dad well he doesn't allow any messing about And so Dave said, well, what does he do? He said, he doesn't do anything. He just
0: looks.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, I'm going to talk to you today about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and in particular, um, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is goodness. But I'm not going to do it in the normal way. You see, when people preach about the fruit of the Spirit, what they usually do, because this is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, is they go and look at God. How many of you know that the character of God, which Paul summarises with these lists of fruit, are the same for the Holy Spirit as they are for Jesus, as they are for God the Father? And so you go, normally as a preacher, you go and look at examples of where God is, in this case, good. But I'm not going to do that today. And I'm going to do what I'm doing today because of something that happened to me, this is a testimony, about a year ago, just over a year ago, when I realized something about this particular subject of goodness that I had never ever grasped before. And to do that, I need to take you to Turkey today. And in particular, to the Roman province of Galatia, which of course is what this reading about the fruit of the Spirit is about. And I want you to notice that there's a major emphasis on the work of the Holy Spirit in Paul's letter to the Galatians. Now the reformers used this letter. We were reminded about what the reformers um, taught in the song we had this morning. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. The message of the reformers was that you don't get right with God by buying an indulgence from the Pope. Martin Luther protested about that and he strongly contended that the way that people get right with God was to be justified by faith in the death of Jesus and in his resurrection. And the reformers used Paul's message in this letter to emphasize that part. Problem I find with a lot of people that hold to a reform view by no means all, is that South Sydney only far they go. This book is also about how important the work of the Spirit is, the Holy Spirit is, in the church. Notice, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, is what we're gonna look at today, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit we're going to see how some people kept in step with the spirit when they you see if you want to have if you want to be a church that manifests these fruit if you want to be like god in other words you have to keep in step with the Spirit and I want to talk about some people that you've heard of who did that now the, this whole thing of Galatians started when the Holy Spirit called two people to foreign missions we read about this in Acts 13 now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers and they were worshipping the Lord and fasting or as they were The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work that I've called them. I'm gonna be talking about these two guys today. And then after they had prayed and fasted, they laid hands on them and they sent them off. And so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Um, Now, the Holy Spirit sent out Paul and Barnabas from their home church at Antioch you see and being sent out by the Holy Spirit they went down to Seleucia now where's that if you look at a map of the of the uh, Seleucia uh, or rather Antioch today it's called Antakya it's a Turkish city do you remember about a year ago there was a horrendous earthquake in Turkey it was very much focused on Antakya or Antioch and if you want to go to the port of Seleucia from Antioch, it's, it's actually the port of Antioch, it's about seven and a half hours walk from there. So when Luke says they went down to Seleucia, you know they went for a seven and a half hour to eight walk, eight hour walk, and then got on the ship and went from there. But you notice that there are some yellow lines on this because this uh, map is from Google Earth. And the lines on there show the major roads that exist today, and I'm going to be coming back. And where does one of the roads go? Well, all the way round to Tarsus, where Paul was born. Now, I was here in late April 2022, and I'm going to be coming back to why I was there and, and, and so on in a little while. And if you go to Seleucia today, the beach is not particularly wonderful, even though that it's a Mediterranean beach. And there's still uh, a modern port there. Uh, and the remains, one of the remains of the jetty from the original ancient port is there. And there's another one just out of view off the left-hand side. And a lot of the old harbor have just got silted up with all this sand. And um, the coach that we came in is, 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 is just here. I like to go and see where this stuff happened because I find it helps me to teach better when I know what it's like. Now this was originally built, this harbor, the old harbor, by a guy called Seleucius Nicator in 300 BC. And the Seleucid empire that he started, Do you ever heard of Alexander the Great? Yes. Yeah, he was one of his generals. And when Alexander died, and um, you read in Daniel chapter 8, there are four small horns arise, and they are symbols of power. And they were four of his generals, and Seleucus Nicator was one of those. His name means, Nicator means the victor, which I guess is a good name for a general. Okay, and they are the kings of the north of Daniel 11. Uh, Antioch's about 400 miles north of Jerusalem. And it was where the first Christian church was started much later um, outside of Jerusalem. Now, where did they sail to? Well, they they sailed to Cyprus, and Paul and Barnabas arrived in Cyprus, and eventually they came down to Paphos. Now, I've been to Paphos about 20 years ago. Um, Didn't see Paul there, of course, um, but... They traveled through the whole island and they came to Paphos, and there they met a Jewish sorcerer and a false prophet named Bar-Jesus, who was an attendant of the proconsul, Sergius Paulus. The proconsul, now, now remember that guy's name because he's gonna come up again. The proconsul, let me just say, Roman government was interesting. Um, if you read in Acts 18, when Paul first get to Corinth, There's a proconsul there because the Jews drag him before the proconsul. His name is Lucius Junius Gallio. And um, if you go to Corinth today, the ancient Corinth, that is not modern Corinth, if you go to ancient Corinth today, where Paul was actually dragged before him is still there in the ancient marketplace. Um, And anyway, this guy, uh, this proconsul, he says an intelligent man. That's interesting, isn't it? sent for Barnabas and Saul because he wanted to hear the word of God. Now when Luke uses the term the word of God, he means the gospel, okay? He doesn't mean the whole Bible, he means the gospel. Haven't got time to prove that, but I could if I had time. But Elimus the sorcerer, for that is what his name means, opposed them and tried to turn the proconsul from the faith. But the Holy Spirit is at work in Paphos in Cyprus, and Saul, who was also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimus and said, you're a child of the devil and an enemy of everything that is right and you are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Now the hand of the Lord is against you. You were going to be blind for a time, not even able to see the light of the sun. And immediately a mist and a darkness came over him and he groped about, seeking someone to lead him by the hand. When the proconsul saw what happened, he Believed, and was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. When Paul uses the term Lord, he means Jesus. Okay. Interesting thing is, after then, Paul and his companions, uh, Luke goes on to tell us in verse 13 of chapter 13, f- sailed to Perga in Pamphylia. Now that's today within about a mile of the main international airport at antalya where you could go on holidays quite a nice place to go actually uh, lots of hotels first time i went there was in 2010 had one of those holidays in november would you believe when you just fall on your feet and i ended up staying in a five star hotel and my wife and i were paying a total of 32 pounds a night for a plush room in a five-star hotel, it had swimming pools, it had all sorts of stuff, uh, and that, on all this included breakfast. Now I did—I'm not 32 pounds each. I mean, 32 pounds for both of us. We found out later that the hotel was closing at the end of the year, and they just wanted to fill it. And it was—it's now reopened and with a new franchise, and you need a mortgage to stay there now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's one of those things, and when i was there i bought the rough guide to turkey right you know these books you can get in smith's and um, it told us about a christian coffee bar that was in the old town and when we got there it was closed because the roof was being repaired and they told us well there's going to be a meeting in sunday morning in such and such a cafe just around the corner so we got there and there's this welsh guy leading worship right I thought, this is strange because this was an American uh, evangelical Presbyterian church plant turns out that this guy is leading worship and his wife are Elim missionaries and they were based there and because it was a Muslim country it wasn't being general knowledge that they were there and and I've been back to this place a number of times it's, it's really great anyway they came to this place called ancient Perga which is right near to Antalya Airport and when you get to the ancient marketplace of Perga, um, this is what it's like, my wife is just uh, here um, in the picture and um, I want you to notice in the distance the Taurus Mountains about 10 miles and I remember taking this picture and this thought came into my mind, I want to go there. I just wanted to go there because years ago I'd done lots of study in Acts 13, and I got really interested, and I, I just wanted to go to Pisidian Antioch, which was the next place. I wanted to go and see what it was like because I'd written a lot about it. So, problem was the following year I ended up finding out that I needed a heart bypass operation, so I couldn't go that year. Okay, um, but. In 2013 we went back and um, this isn't 2013 this was last year but what I wanted to say I'll come back to my story what I wanted to say is I was there last year in Perga again and I was with Mark Wilson who's the guy with the hat on uh, with the white shorts and the dark blue top and dr. Mark Wilson lives there he's a Pentecostal Christian and um, he He is a guy that's devoted a lot of his life to writing about and finding out about all the biblical sites in Turkey but he's got his hand on an inscription you probably just make it out it's in uppercase Greek and it there's another one there it's not in its original place this inscription but what it does is cause gives you evidence for the fact that at the time that Paul and Barnabas were there The Roman province of Great Galatia came all the way down to Perga. Didn't know that till I was uh, with Mark there. Anyway, um, the point is that the churches in the Roman province of Galatia, which is this letter that we've written about, these are the churches. There's Perga, there's Antioch in Pisidia, not the same as Antioch on the River Orontes, which is over here and then Iconium, which is modern Konya, and then Lystra and Derby, um, They are part of the, this Galatian region that this letter that you've been looking at is written to, okay? Now, of course, they went on to Pisidian Antioch and Mark is pointing out, I asked him to do this for me because I thought this might be useful in a sermon one day, and this is the beginning of the Via Sebastia Roman Road, which goes to Pisidian Antioch. So Mark's pointing, sort of, um, how can I? It, it, it's sort of northwest. Uh, this road goes from Antalya these days, or, or, or from Perga, which is the where the ancient city is, and um, eventually it comes to Pisidian Antioch, and there is a remains of a Roman aqueduct there, and. This is where Paul preached that my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. He preached justification by faith at Basidian Antioch. My wife is not peach preaching. She was pointing to something in the distance, but I decided this was an incredibly useful slide to use to emphasize this. He, in, if you read in Acts 13, uh, what Paul's sermon uh, gets to is this. He says, therefore, have these reasoned his sermon he says my friends i want you to know that through jesus the forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you through him everyone who believes is set free from every sin notice a justification you were not able to obtain by the law of moses this was a november day but it was a nice day and um we spent all day just walking around the ancient city of pisidian antioch Now, if you think I'm rich, no. Let me tell you, if you get a cheap flight on EasyJet to Antalya, and you get on the tram from the airport, because they've now got a tram tram system, a modern tram system that goes right into the city, and then you get another tram, in fact, it will probably be the same tram, take you to the bus station, which is just outside the city. And the bus station in Antalya is like a small airport. And you know what it's like, you go to an airport and they have one of these departure boards, and, and you've got to be at the at the gate at the right time, otherwise the plane leaves you behind, right? Well, it's like that with the Turkish bus system. It is superb, and it's cheap. And you can get a bus. Um, the bus company is called Camel Coach. And, and uh, I, I asked Mark years ago, I said, Mark, an email, I said, I want to go to Basidian Antioch. How do I get there? He says, you go by Camel Coach. I said, what? he said yes the bus and all these buses have these little videos in the back of the seats like aircraft do and we're going on this bus right and it's like four and a half hours it's like going from Crawley to York on this bus to get to Pisidian Antioch and the buses go through tunnels through the mountains and the mountains go up to 2600 meters Paul walked it Paul and Barnabas walked it can you imagine if you're really into keeping fit, you can go on a trekking trail called the St. Paul's Trail that begins at Perga, and it goes through all through mountainous country. And sometimes you meet Roman roads, and sometimes you don't. And you get to Persidian Antioch in about two weeks. Do you realize that's what these guys did? Now, they also, went on. Why did they go to Galatia? It's because I'm arguing the Holy Spirit probably led them there. Let me show you what I mean. You heard about Sergius Paulus? Remember the guy that got saved in the, the, the Roman proconsul? Well, in the museum in Yalvac, the, city at the town of Yalvac, this is where Pisidian Antioch actually is. Inside there is my wife standing outside the museum. Inside there, there is this inscription called the Sergius Paulus inscription. And we've discovered that his family lived in Pisidian Antioch. And so it may be that what happens is this. Paul goes to Pythos. They may not have intended originally to go where they went into Galatia. But you see, Paul was led by the Spirit when he went to do things. And they met Sergius Paulus, and he becomes a Christian, and he's telling them I got family in Pisidian Antioch maybe you need to go there and that may be the reason why they went and Paul it would not be the first time before Paul concluded this is a leading of God do you understand what I'm saying I can't prove this but I suspect because it's a bit daft when you think they got in a boat to go to Cyprus and then having done that they didn't go to North Africa they suddenly went north sounds a bit odd anyway they come to Galatia, and uh, just to cut a long story short, if you go to Derby today, it hasn't been excavated yet. It's still a tell. Uh, what's a tell? A tell is a man-made hill. What Indo did in those days is, if they got fed up with their city and they want to rebuild it, they knocked it down and built on top of the rubble. And before you know where you are, you've got this man-made hill that you live on. And if you go, can you see, sorry, I'll go back there, you can see my wife, she's standing. Do you know, we have brown signs like this here, don't we? Exactly the same in Turkey, right? This is saying Derby, all right? And uh, there's Mark Wilson there with us, and there's my wife, and we climbed up the top of there, and do you know what, you look at the top, and there's all sorts of stuff, they just started to excavate it. There's all sorts of stuff up there. If we'd have been up there long enough, I'm sure we would have found coins, all sorts of things. But you see, you, you just can't even pick up a broken piece of pottery because when you leave Antalya Airport, you go through three security checks. It's one of the most secure airports I've ever been in. Uh, you really feel safe, but they, if you have a little piece of stuff in your pocket, then they'll arrest you and fine you for nicking the archaeology, right? Because they've woken up in Turkey that they are... Uh, there is faith tourism so anyway um, if you go on the top of the tell all the round the land for as far as you can see to the mountains is dead flat it's agricultural that's how you know that this tell is a man-made thing because it stands out from all the rest of it well let's get back to the Holy Spirit in Galatians I want you to realize the Holy Spirit is more involved in mission than perhaps you realize now the fruit of the spirit is love but since we live by the spirit let's keep in step with the spirit so i wanted to suggest to you that paul evidently considers the work of the holy spirit to be crucial for growing churches now the immediate context i want you to notice the we the us and the each other you see, sometimes people teach about the fruit of the Spirit, and I am not suggesting that Kevin does this, but I don't know how he's been handling it, but we tend to think of it as an individual thing. It isn't. You need the fruit of the Holy Spirit to grow churches. See, look at, look at the, this is just the text before that, Pat, look Look, walk by the Spirit and you plural. You see, you, you read English, And it says you, and you're sitting in your chair reading your Bible, and you think you means you individually. It doesn't. The you here, the yous here, are all plural in the Greek. This is a community issue. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you, plural, community are not to do whatever you want but if you community are led by the Spirit you plural are not under the law now Paul doesn't mean the law doesn't apply to us anymore when he means the under the law, it's because earlier in the letter he's referred to the law using a metaphor the schoolmaster who was there before the Spirit came right and so you were under the schoolmaster have you ever been at school You know you have to do what you're told even Pete Norcross and um, and so this is a term Paul means you're not under the law as a schoolmaster anymore why because you have the Holy Spirit now notice that Paul's concern is the work of the Spirit in the community not merely individuals you see A little while ago um, I was talking at Elim Crawley about the gift of faith and I had to say well the gift of faith is not the same as faving faith and it's not the same as natural faith do you know you all have natural faith how do you think I know you're all sitting on chairs you've all placed your natural faith in your chair and it's not going to cause you to fall your backside is not going to drop 60 centimeters to the floor and then you're going to say I'm not going to that Uh, place where Ealing Bewbush is because they have uncomfortable seats you know you end up on the floor you have natural faith but there's also faith the fruit of the Spirit faithfulness and that's not the same either and the the, the point is that you don't need kindness till you're living in community right? You don't need goodness till you live in community. The other week I was coming home from the British Museum it was the day when there was a rail strike on the 23rd of October I think it was and we had to drive to Morden and get on the northern line and go up on there because the church that was sending, the church from up in Coventry was sending 50 people that day and they didn't want to cancel it because of the train strike. And when we came back, I'm walking down the Tottenham Court Road and I was feeling a bit peckish, so I nipped into Tesco's and bought myself a bar of Cadbury's Bourneville, so I was being kind to myself. But normally we don't need kindness unless we're living in community. Do do you understand what I'm saying? This is why he says, love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you, plural, would be destroyed by each other. This is all about how to live in community now so that's what the fruit of the spirit's needed for it's for growing communities what else do you think could be there you, you see you don't need self-control so much when you're on your own how many of you know that in church there are some people that just wind you up how many know that there are some people in church that get wound up by you right you need that when you so so faith all these fruit are needed so that we grow in relationships so that we grow churches that's what they're for now what was paul concerned about why was he concerned about conceit provocation and envy at galatia it's because there was a division in the church and they weren't getting on. And the fruit of the Spirit wasn't doing you know, it, it, it was getting in well not, sorry, there was something getting in the way of the fruit of the Spirit. Well, what was it? You see, there was a danger that this community at Galatia or in or the in the various churches would be destroyed. And the problem was that the foundation of the churches was being undermined. What was being undermined? My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood. And righteousness that was being undermined in the church. Now he says, "O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? This term in the Greek text is unique in the New Testament. Um, and I'm going to show you what it means. If you've ever been to Turkey, you go into a tourist shop and they sell this. It's called the, the, they sell this to ward off a superstition they have called the evil eye. And what Paul is really saying here is this, oh you foolish Galatians, who has put the evil eye on you? Because he's living in that culture. This problem, this old problem goes back years and years and years. It's not just what's current in Turkish souvenir shops this is just a piece of glass there's nothing you know if I dropped it I'm not going to because I bought it because it was useful as a sermon illustration but this is what he's saying now what's bewitched them he says before your very eyes there was a comedian that used to say that Arthur Askey said before your very eyes now you're too old to remember you're not too too young to remember that he says before your very eyes Jesus christ was clearly portrayed as crucified what paul had preached when he came there was my hope is built on nothing less but jesus blood and righteousness right that's the gospel that's what he preached you read acts 13 when he came to pisidian antioch that's what he preached right and then he said this i'd like to know just one thing from you did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard This is the trump card. These people knew that they had received the baptism in the Holy Spirit because you know when that happens to you. And he said, did that happen to you because you believed the preaching of justification by faith or because you obeyed the Mosaic law? See, the division in the church was coming because some were saying it ain't enough that you trust in the blood in the death of Jesus and in the resurrection of Jesus to get right with God to have a relationship with God you've got to be circumcised you've got to do certain things of the Jewish law otherwise you can't have a relationship with God and Paul was incensed by this and that's why he says who's put the evil eye on you that suddenly you've given way to this wrong teaching Now, this is not a matter of being petty about um, what we call theology. This is stuff that Paul knows as a practical theologian is the only way in which a relationship with God can really happen. How do you know it happens? Because people that get justified by faith get filled with the Holy Spirit and the only and that is the closest relationship in this life that you are ever going to have with God when the Holy Spirit himself comes and lives in you and lives in you as a church do you understand what I'm saying and Paul is saying this is the trump card that sorts out the men for the boys this is the thing that sorts out the error from the truth if you come by my hope is built on nothing less but Jesus blood and righteousness then you find that people that have come to God that way get filled with the Holy Spirit and God has a relationship with them. You with me? But if you try to do it the other way, it doesn't work. And this is why Paul is going on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit because he's not just concerned about right doctrine, he's concerned about what is it that really grows churches and that is the work of the Spirit. Do you you understand what I'm saying? Preaching of justification by faith and the work of the Spirit. This is so important. Now, these churches had been established by preaching justification by faith, which is what I showed you before, right? And these other guys that were creeping into the church and causing division were saying, that's not enough. And Paul is saying, well, I'm asking you a rhetorical question what works? justification obviously works because as a result people get filled with the spirit and of course it's by the work of the holy spirit now you go and read acts 252 right at the end now don't do it now but this when paul leaves it says there luke says the disciples there which is plural disciples were continually filled with joy and with the holy spirit When I was doing one of my master's degree essays, I was really polaxed by this verse. And I sat around for about three days, I don't mean I literally sat around all the time for about three days, but it took me about three days before it dawned on me, because this verb, to be filled, is in the imperfect tense in the Greek. And you say, pardon? And the imperfect tense is also continuous, right? So suppose you have a jug of water, and you have a beaker. Suppose I had one here. And I were to pour the water into the beaker. What would happen? And what would happen if I carried on pouring it? Yeah, it it would no longer be imperfectly filled, would it? But the tense is imperfect. And I'm thinking, how can you continually do something, and yet it remain imperfectly filled? This was my puzzle. Does that ever happen to you? You, get the, you, know, you look at the Greek and you think, what on earth does that mean? And I suddenly realized what Luke was saying. Paul didn't leave and Barnabas didn't leave because of persecution. They left because they finished what they came to do. They now had disciples that were evangelizing in their own right, and that's why there was a continual filling of the Spirit. In other words, there were more, gla- more, more cups to be filled all the time. How practical. Anyway. The fruit of the Holy Spirit includes goodness. And what does goodness look like? This is what Kevin really asked me to come and talk about this morning, but I thought I'd go there a slightly different way because you'll see why in a minute. What does good, the root of the word goodness is good. It occurs loads of, goodness The word goodness only occurs about four times in the New Testament but the word good which is the root of it occurs loads of times let me ask you a question what do we sometimes call the gospel good news do you know why the gospel is good news what sort of news is good Why are Matthew, Mark, and Luke called Gospels? In the culture of the first century, what was proclaimed or heralded publicly as good news was not originally the Christian faith at all. Let us create a fictitious situation. You live in a village, you're very poor, and you can't afford to have a medical centre your village. But the emperor decides in his benevolence that he's going to provide a medical center and fund it for you. That would be heralded in the first century as good news. Why? Because a benefactor provided a benefit for you that you could not provide for yourself. And Matthew, Mark, and Luke talk about God, the benefactor Who has provided the benefit of salvation for you through the death and resurrection of jesus and that salvation you cannot provide for yourself that is why matthew mark and luke are called gospels that is why the gospel is good news because a benefactor provided a benefit for you that you cannot provide for yourself that's what goodness looks like do you understand Now, let me get a bit more specific about this. Luke can tell us who we can look at to see goodness. What does it actually look like? I've given you a hint, but now let's look at this. Luke told us about the church at Antioch when it was founded there and how it began. Now, we've looked at how Paul and Barnabas were called by the Spirit when they were... They'd been leading this church. They served their apprenticeship here, right? And, but when it says those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed in Jerusalem traveled as far as Phoenicia, well, Tyre is the capital of Phoenicia. Do you know when in the days of Solomon he used to go to Hiram, king of Tyre to, to get artisans to do his work, yeah? Yeah. If you go into room 27 in the British Museum you see loads of Phoenician artwork that's produced by people from Phoenicia. And anyway, then they went they came from uh, they traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. But then some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also. Telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus, and the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Now this was unheard of. You see, Jesus had told them to do this, disciples to do this, but these guys hadn't got it, and they were still doing it among Jews only. And suddenly something happens. You see, these people hadn't been keeping in step with the Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? But the Spirit was in, was already in front of them and 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 so what happens is the Apostles at Jerusalem who hadn't been in step with the Spirit they they, they, when it's got to Jerusalem they sent Barnabas to Antioch and when he arrived there and saw what God had done he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord now we read something about Barnabas way back in Acts chapter 5 and um, let me see if I can I can find it no chapter 4 Joseph A Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. In other words, Barnabas was his nickname, but his real name was Joseph. He sold a field that he owned and bought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. What he's doing there is something good. Right? Now, look at what Luke now tells us. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. In other words, this man had a relationship with God and the fruit of the Spirit had impacted his life and so it is said of him that he was a good man. Do you understand? Now, I didn't realise, and this is why I've brought, i i I've, tackled this subject this way i didn't realize just how much this guy was an encourager and how much he was a good man until i was traveling on the road last year from antioch to tarsus i'm going to show you what happened pete will appreciate this now i got about this far from antioch can you see up here these roads are all squiggly. Can you see this? Yeah. It's because they're going over mountains. You see this lot, there's a mountain range here. And the valley, where the River Orontes is, where Antioch is down here, Syria's the borders over here. And we got to that junction. See, see, see that little white mark there? That's Harte Airport. Now it wasn't there when Paul was there, of course, right? That airport runway got snapped in two by the earthquake last year. fortunately for me it happened after we left right because we landed in on the airport we flew in there from Istanbul now we're we're in that place and I suddenly dawned on me why I'll tell you why Um, sorry there we are can you see this yellow line here Uh, it's very important this is not just irrelevant Um, I want you to can you see the way this road bends? Yeah. Now, that road is like the M23. Right? Can you see? I, I, and I'll tell you exactly where this happened to me. It was here. We were in the coach, and suddenly the motorway I'm talking about a motorway here it turned completely on a dog leg. I've never seen a motorway do that before. Right? And it starts to climb over the Bellin Pass, which is here. It's over 600 meters high. And it is an incredible path. And I'm why I'm going up there and it and I'm sitting in the coach and I'm thinking, I've never been on a road like this before. And it just came to me. No wonder Barnabas was a good man. No wonder Barnabas was called the son of encouragement. Because what you're told is this. Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. Barnabas turns up to Antioch. You've heard about all these Gentiles that got saved. He's been there, sent there to investigate, he sees what's going on, and he thinks, Crumbs, we've got to do something about this. So he gets on Shanks's pony and he climbs the balin Pass on foot, six hundred metres high walks to Antioch which would take him it's like going from Crawley to York it's about, that's about four and a half hours in a bus again and he walked it and he found Paul and came back what sort of man does that for the gospel no wonder this man's called the son of encouragement no wonder this man is called a good man no wonder this man is full of the spirit, you with me I was flabbergasted I'm doing it in a coach. This guy walked it. And then I'm thinking, he realizes how strategic it is to get this church established in this place because it's a crossroads of trade routes. And if you get a church established here, it's going to cause a great deal of influence. What he didn't know at the time was he was going to be one of the influencers that went out with Saul to evangelize the world based from this church. With me, and this is why the fruit of the spirit is goodness is so important. This is the Roman road that goes over the Taurus Mountains, going from Perga to Antioch to, to Pisidian Antioch, and this goes through the, uh, another place called the Climax Pass, and there's my wife walking down the road with uh, an American friend. And there, going back to the other part of Acts thirteen, uh, we were told John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem, but they went on from Perga and came to Pisidian Antioch. And when I read, when I went there, in the first of all, I just thought, Luke, what an understatement. They just came to Brazilian Antioch, you do the journey, they didn't, you, you just didn't come, just come. Why did they do it? It was because they were good men, do you understand? And, and I'm afraid, it, you can call me thick if you like, but it didn't dawn on me how good these people were until I did the journey myself, and I wasn't even walking. I was at this time. We were told by Mark about this road. This road is about four kilometers long. It goes over the Climax Pass. When you get to the top, there's a water system built by the Romans. This is not fenced off. There's, you don't have to pay money to get there. You just need to know it's there. And, and because I knew people that knew it was there, I, I, I said, I want to go, I want to see it. And the point is, this is how good these people were that's what impressed me when i went for myself and i'm sorry i just didn't you don't you don't notice how steep a pass is by just looking at the map it happens when you go so all this emphasizes why the fruit of the spirit is so important he was a good man full of the holy spirit and faith and a great number of people were brought to the lord because the fruit of the Spirit is what grows churches more than anything else sometimes as Pentecostals we think it's spiritual gifts it's miracles and stuff like that they are important but what drives it is your attitude attitude always determines action that's why Paul says in Philippians let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus who did not think of himself higher than he ought to think. Well, he could think of him because he's God the Son. But what did he do? He made himself in the form of a servant so that he could justify you by his death and his resurrection. And so you can sing, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. This was no short walk. Here's my wife, standing there, taking a photograph of the Roman milestone at the top of the Climax Pass. And you can't see it, but it, is, it does actually, if you get close to it, it's so weathered, it's nearly all gone, but it says there are CXXXX1X, which is 139 miles, to Antioch. It says Antiochus, I think it's in Pisidia. It's still there this isn't fiction people this stuff really happened and anybody can walk here and see it for free you just got to have your boots on like my wife has and prepared to walk yeah it this this road is there when we were walking down the road we looked up on the, on the mountainside of us and there were ibex looking down at us, wild ibex just looking down at us. You have to be careful when you're off there because there's snakes and stuff. You know, there are other wild animals. You have to be careful. But it don't have to be rich to do this. And you can go and find out what these guys really did to bring the gospel to us. They were good men. God bless.
0: Heavenly Father, we just thank you for scripture and we thank you for the gospel. God, we thank you that we can zero in on the bits that just have the most importance to us. And Lord God, on that, on you. We can erect just a, a way of thinking that is substantial, that will direct our actions and be of benefit to others. And Heavenly Father, we thank you that trusting in Jesus is the. Uh, is that that moment where the spirit comes in and lord god we can enjoy the baptism of the spirit and we can enjoy these fruit as they blossom in our lives Lord so, god we thank you that these fruit are for our are good, our good and for the good of those around us and uh, lord god I, I pray that as we just think on this definition of goodness as we look at it as a as a way of benefiting others as we look at it as a as, a, as something that involves sweat and tears, something that involves hard work and intention. Lord God, I, I pray that this would transform each of us, individually and together, collectively, that you would build your church here. Heavenly Father, and I, and I pray as we end, God, I, I pray that that we would just, again, marvel at the, the privilege and opportunity we have as being part of the people of God. And Holy Spirit, we, we need you to transform us into people more like the Son. Lord God, because we are very well aware that this sin and selfishness that belong to our old life, we, we keep putting it on when we have no business to Lord God, um, and we just pray for Mike and Sylvia and their families. Lord God, bless them. Dear God, we thank you for the many ways uh, he's been good to us and to your people. And we pray that um, they may uh, just know your blessing. And uh, Lord God, as we leave, we pray um, uh, uh, just for your uh, mercy in our lives and grace. Amen. Amen. Amen.